0: This episode of This Black Girl Podcast is sponsored by The Baddie House. It is a lifestyle brand for affordable, high-quality, custom, and curated clothing, accessories, hair, and body products. Being a Black and women-owned business, the vision has always been to provide access to Black-owned, handmade, luxury items one baddie at a time we have a special coupon code for all of our listeners. Whoever is using the code TBGP, which stands for This Black Girl Podcast, will receive 10% off any and every order. That includes every piece of clothing, wigs, jewelry, purses, 10% off, no questions asked. Still includes free shipping over a hundred dollars. So shop today at www.thebaddyhouse.ca. Welcome to this Black Girl Podcast. I am your host, Lola, aka. Hola, Miss Lola, without the H, and I am joined here by the lovely Mister.
1: Hello, good afternoon.
0: I want to apologize in advance because our first episode unfortunately had some technical issues that were unforeseen until after it went published. So we're making sure we do right by y'all and that the quality stays at a certain level to always rise above and never fall below if you get what I'm saying
1: (laughs) for sure I mean I'm on this podcast so I can shout my opinions at you and the fact that my opinions are not shouted
0: properly is deeply problematic to me of course it is anyway (laughs) um but we wanted to get into a few things um recently we've been watching movies lately and like we're not always the most movie-ish couple. Like, we'll watch, like, little videos together, documentaries, whatever, give our two pieces. We always love some good tea, sip, sip, and we'll talk about those. But we never actually sit down and, like, get through movies. And recently, we've been watching a couple movies that have... Not like, just have
1: we been watching movies, we've been watching good movies.
0: That part. That part, okay. <laughs> we've been watching good movies and they've been sharing a similar theme, and we're like, oh, is is this the month of like just like emotional trauma? Like what's going on? So, um, first and foremost, Spider Man.
1: Spider Man.
0: Was it it's not No Way Home.
1: I believe it's No Way Home.
0: No Way Home? i believe it's, no way it's home. the third one i it's hard it's hard to keep up with all of them because it's like what homecoming far from home and then no way home
1: yeah i believe that's the way it
0: is yeah so yes, i
1: no way home is the name of the third one you
0: see i just mm, i love spider-man anyways we watched the most recent movie no way home uh, of the trilogy first and foremost Spoiler alert. There are spoilers up, down, sideways, backwards, in and out of this whole episode. So if you don't want to get spoiled about the movie Far From Home, if you... I'm not even going to list the second movie yet, but just know, spoilers, spoiler alerts. Okay? So the first one, or the first movie we are talking about, No Way From Home, I feel like... Um, really, took the Spider-Man series back to its roots and origin.
1: Yeah, I think the thing that's really amazing about, or or that's so, um, intriguing about No Way Home is, it, it's literally a movie that could only exist for Spider-Man. Like, yeah, they really did look like not just about like the storytelling possibilities, like in. Their canon mcu or whatever they also looked outside and said what can we do with spider-man that's like uniquely spider-man right and they definitely capitalize on it and it's great like the yeah whole, lived for it the whole spoilers multiverse situation where they're bringing in like ones from other movie franchises to make it to, to so that they're like other spider-man yeah, it's, so... It's real good. So it's real good. So,
0: essentially, they cross over the original Spider-Man that came out when... I don't want to say when I was a wee babe, but when I was a young kid, child, okay? Young teen. Um, plus the Spider-Man from The Amazing Spider-Man. So, it had Tom Grier and Andrew Garfield reprising their respective characters, along with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. The chemistry... Beautiful, unexpectedly wonderful, delightful. I wanted more of it. I was, I was, I was he, hedonistically unquenched has for me personally. I needed to see more. I needed more. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was great. Um, I loved seeing all of the classic villains. Shout outs to Willa motherfucking the, the foe. Not just the
1: so, not just Willem Dafoe. All, <laughs> Will of the, the all of the Raimi actors showed up and they're like, yeah, we're veteran actors, actors and showed why. Doc Ock is great. <laughs> Green Goblin is great. Goblin, Original yeah. OG Spider-Man uh, is Tom also all amazing. Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is all incredible. All of them just come up and just knock her right out of the
0: park. Oh, it was incredible. so good. So good. Well, because you know that moment where... You see something from the past that you used to think, like, oh, that was so great. And then when you're older and you look back at it, you're like, that wasn't that
1: great. But the Raimi they Spider-Man... They were that great. <laughs> but the Ra- and the Raimi Spider-Mans are that great, too, let's Yeah, they be hit...
0: No, they hit, they though. They really hit. They hit the way that they used to now, which is great. And it speaks volumes for, like, the quality that they were trying to bring back then. But, um... Yeah, even all the villains having, like, Sandman there, Electro, Jamie Foxx there, hilarious. They all had, like, their moments that gave you a uh, an attachment to them, um, you know, that you still felt attached to each character, even though they didn't have a super huge um, number towards, like, or I don't want to say super huge number, but usually each villain has their own uh, large, significant contribution to the film. These were obviously broken apart because there were so many villains,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: it, it still felt whole and not so chaotic as well, it could be. Well,
1: it's, it's interesting because, like, the villain of the newest Spider-Man is Spider-Man, low-key. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, it, the villains are kind of just, uh, they're not necessarily good people, but they're treated more as, like, people with their own conflicting incentives and conflicting wants and needs yeah they're more humanized rather than just like i am big and bad and i must be stopped like yeah yeah like you said they're a lot more humanized they're
0: definitely way more humanized in this um this uh installment
1: and despite having like a big more ensemble cast i feel like they did a really good job balancing everybody out i feel like everybody has their own little moments that are super great where you get to see Mm either, like, something great about the character or, like, uh, a way that they've improved. You know what I mean?
0: Yes, but I want to get to the core of why we're talking about this movie in particular today, is that, like, I feel like the movie itself is finally the opportunity to see Tom Holland's character grow up. Yeah. Because, like, he's been very childish, which I think has been refreshing for the franchise because most of the Spider-Mans are, like, present as, like, older men Trying to be young or just on the cusp of graduating high school, yeah, going into there. And like, he was definitely
1: the first Spider Man where I was like, Oh, this is a high schooler,
0: yeah, like Like, junior, freshman, whatever. Like, you could tell he was very, very young, and so it was kind of like seeing him really grow up now and just having more darker things that normally happen to Spider Man actually happen, um, in this movie, and like having the other spider-mans from different uh universes reflect on where they went wrong coulda woulda shoulda things that they have regret for like yo andrew garfield had me in my feelings when he was talking about what's her face um not mary jane yeah gwen stacy when he tried to like because again spoiler if you haven't watched the amazing spider-man um when Stacy gets dropped from like this tower, he tries to catch her. He catches her too late. She dies.
1: Well, funnily enough, because this I, still, like, I don't know how bothers it bothers him. I don't know how it is in the movies. Yeah. But as someone who knows the comic books a little bit, yeah, that's one of the big things in the comics. Like the reason why like, Spider-Man catches everybody is because in the comics he like grabs Stacy's leg instead of like doing a proper catch. Yeah. And it snaps her neck and kills her. Right. Like he just messes up the catch. And one of the things that I think makes Spider Man such a great character and such an enduring character is that he's not like he is a good person but he's a good person because he tries really hard to be a good person it's not like spider it's not like superman or he or or even batman where they just have like an aura of justice and like that's how they are right. you get to see spider-man struggle with doing the right thing making and the choices the right every day eventually.
0: making the choices every day like for sure one of my favorite
1: things about this movie is it addresses one of my complaints that i've had for the other two which is like it really sucks for peter parker to be spider-man the example I keep going back to is like in the first movie when they go to DC and he gets trapped in like that warehouse or whatever. Spoilers, I guess. And he comes back and they're like, "Oh, well, we still won the math competition." In the comics, they would have lost the math competition without Spider-Man, yeah. 100%. Because yeah. Peter Parker is constantly sp- like punished for being Spider-Man. Right. He's not praised for it. It's not like an easy thing for him to do. But it's the right thing for him to do, and that's why he does it.
0: Right, the, the, the work-life balance has always been a struggle for his character in all the movies, except for this this recent one. Yeah, except and for I, the new
1: ones. I feel like he doesn't get fucked over enough for being Spider-Man.
0: But I think it's because of this whole child persona. Most children are shielded, and most children are protected. And now that he's older, quote-unquote, and like graduating, going to college... There's less of that protection for him. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was very dramatic because, like, spoiler alert: Aunt May dies. Like, what? But it makes sense because there was never no Uncle Ben. The
1: Aunt Aunt May (laughs) finally gets Uncle Ben. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah, Aunt May gets Uncle Ben. You know, and and like, um, it obviously hurts him deeply, and like, he makes certain choices, like, does he wants to like interrupt his friends' lives because like. It links with him connecting with Doctor Strange because the last movie, Far From Home, uh, Mysterio sets it up to make it look like Spider-Man killed him when that was not the case. So everybody knows, A, who he is and assumes that he had also killed Mysterio, you know? So the whole world knows that Spider-Man is Peter Parker, he has no life, everything and everyone around him gets, you know, consumed into this whole vortex of what it is to be a superhero. Um, and so he goes to Dr. Strange and asks him for a spell to, um, make everybody forget essentially who Spider-Man is. Um, and because he's also the perpetual screw up, he ends up kind of screwing up Dr. Strange's spell. That which, good old Parker <laughs> luck comes in. Right. Which now like has these different multiverses inter- weaving and why all the characters come blended together um i just think that like the fact that he was trying like he tries so hard to be accountable that he just fucks shit up so much more
1: well the funny the funny thing is is that like it was really great in this movie is the reason why this spell gets messed up is because like peter parker is a high schooler and he like doesn't think through his plan like well, he's very like fly by the seat of his well, pants and I, everything and and that's not the way that the spells work, and that's not the way that Stephen Strange operates. You know I know, I mean? but, I,
0: but I also feel like this particular Peter Parker, he's always wanted to have his cake and eat it too, and finally by the end of the movie, he realizes he can't do that. And right. so it forces him to make more responsible choices, yeah. because he knows he can't have his cake and eat it too.
1: I guess further spoilers, by the end of the movie, they kind of resolved the fact that they have to go through with the original plan and make everyone forget. Well, they don't make everyone forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. They just make everybody forget about Peter Parker. Right. Um, and there's the the last scene of the movie, um, my friend was very touched by it. I thought it was very emotional. Uh-huh. But the it kind of leans on the idea that like his friend's lives are kind of low-key better without him. Yeah. And he kind of has the opportunity to selfishly take it all back and take back the sacrifice. And he chooses not to. He well- walks away from the situation. Well, like, we'll hear.
0: Her, no, you're no one,
1: aco- no one can hold him accountable. Everyone forgot about him.
0: Right, but you're putting a little less context out of it. There's a bit of a conflict with that one because the friends realizing what he's doing makes him promise hey, you're going to come back for us, right? You're going to come for us. But he also promises
1: Stephen Strange, you're not going to fuck this up again this time, are you? Right,
0: right. So it's like he's torn and he ends up making the more yeah. apparently responsible decision.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate like all forms of media that put people in like knowing situations because- those are the hard situations the situations where it's very easier where it's like oh this is clearly the right thing to do right and those stories are boring the the, the better stories are the ones where people have like internal conflict and you could be like I don't know if I would do that in that situation mm-hmm. but that's like
0: the point right uh, but anyways spider-man far from, uh, what was it no way home
1: give it a rating out of 10
0: I would give it a solid eight out of 10. Um, I miss Toby Maguire. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> but full, full agreement on 8 out of 10. I think there are certain
1: things that they dropped, like in retrospect. Yeah. Why didn't the why isn't the vulture there? I uh, understand that they have the multiverse thing, but I budget. feel like with the way that things are going.
0: Budget. I maybe. think there's I a ho- lot of
1: reasons, but either way it's a mismark. Maybe, me.
0: maybe. But you know what? I hope like a lot of people now seeing this crossover has been like okay so are we gonna see an amazing spider-man 3 are we gonna see a spider-man 4 and i'm i'm here for it and or maybe another crossover i can see spider-man 4
1: happening because of the whole sony disney unholy matrimony yes i don't think they would need anything to get Disney's permission to just go spider-man 4 is happening they would just need to get raimi back and honestly My feeling is from stuff I've read and heard and stuff that Raimi would kind of want to take another bite of the apple because Spider-Man 3 failed or wasn't as good of a a movie as the other two, at least in my opinion. Yeah, of course. Because of a lot of studio meddling. And if he could get back at it and not have the studio medal again, I feel like he might want to do it just like give it a proper closeout and make it like a proper trilogy, even though the third one is the end or whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, um, I would, I would, I just know if, if there's something with Spider-Man on it, I'm going to see it. <laughs> like, I'm a low-key Spider-Man stan, I just know I'm going to be there, but this was very entertaining, I enjoyed it, I laughed a lot, I liked the little fun that they were poking at Toby Maguire's character, Call of you... Youth faster. I
1: was oh, dead. Yeah. I also love how so... they low key did did a little a little jab at Andrew Garfield's because yeah. it's like he shows up and he's like I'm Spider-Man. And then Tobey <laughs> Maguire shows up, and he's like I'll just fucking help people on Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, like... yeah, 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 yeah. They just
0: like poke fun <laughs> at all their little nuances of making them the different spider The little Spider-Man. specifics
1: of this of their own movies and yeah. franchises. Yeah, it was
0: great. It yeah. was it, it was nice. It was like that group of fra- Okay, it's that group of kids that you see in school that, like, are just so nice and they get along with everyone and they do a presentation and everyone's excited because they know they're just going to be entertained.
1: Yeah, I I like it. Like, I like their dynamic. Even, like, between, like, Garfield is kind of, like, the kid who wants to be cool but can't really do it because he's too much of a sweet. Yeah. And then Tony Maguire is, like, the nerdy kid but everyone likes him because he's such a sweetheart.
0: Yeah, he's just so cool. (laughs) Well, he's
1: not cool. He's lame. Like, Tony (laughs) Maguire's Spider-Man is low-key lame but he's such a sweetheart.
0: But this one, when I say cool, I don't mean, like, cool like a cool guy like he's cool like he's chill yeah there's no issues with him so you there's no reason to not like him yeah right for sure so so that that part but um another movie which i think is a complete 180 from what we did watch but kind of shares like you know family similar ties, whatever, themes similar, of, or the of trauma
1: whatever, right and where trauma leads you because sorry to, to sorry not to ruin your transition but it's something we didn't really touch on but a big plot of this movie is that Spider-Man tries very hard to reform all the villains that show up to him. Yeah, he tries to fix them. He tries to fix them, which kind of problematic, but I appreciate that it's not just punch bad guy uh, story over. And our next film definitely also continues in that, where it wants to sympathize and show you more that like villains are heroes of their own story, and they want to do they their own th- thing.
0: Fix people. But another film that we watched was um, Encanto, which is Disney's 60th animated film. Um, first and foremost, the, I don't even know what to call it. I want to say like the the chastity belt that Lin-Manuel Miranda has on Disney and the chokehold he has on me, undeniable, undeniable. This man has been doing it and doing it and doing it well. Um, anyways, the movie Encanto, I thought it was an absolutely beautiful, colorful, gorgeous film, enjoyed it thoroughly, cried a lot, um, centered around a family, a pretty large family, but talked about like, um, in a more nuanced way, generational trauma,
1: yeah, you know? I, the 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 family is like a multi-generational family living in one home and so like it also talks about how the different generations affect each other and and what they what they put upon the youngers and the olders and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and it was it was very interesting like it was a it's um a family who obtained some sort of miracle lives in a magical house. And most of the family members with the exception of two of them have magic. No, four of them have magical powers and it shows how, um, they're the
1: sorcerer class in D and D they got their magic blood.
0: (laughs) Yes. And so they, they show the, I guess the differences of the family relations between the main character Mirabelle, who also happens to be one of the only children of the most recent generation who doesn't have a gift. Yeah, like or if, a you, power. if you marry
1: into the family, you don't suddenly get a power. But she's like a blood relative, and it seems like she's gonna get a power, and then she just doesn't.
0: Yeah, and it it it, it caused some like awkwardness, I guess, because. You know, everyone felt weird about the fact that, like, she doesn't have a power and everybody does. And, like, she tries to not let it bother her, which I think is very um, endearing. But it obviously does. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like they use the gift as, like, an example of just showing, like, you know, the family's role and if you're not contributing to the family then you're useless or or like even that pressure of like growing up in immigrant families where it's like you're going to be a doctor or a like you're expected to be like a doctor lawyer engineer and if you're not then you're like not you're shaming the family or if you don't do certain things you're shaming the family
1: yeah i definitely feel like the gifts are pretty good metaphors for like the family's expectations because necessarily all good things like for example like dolores who has the ability to hear people Dolores. yes um she's kind of expected to be but also still is and fills the role of being the gossip Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like her power lets her gossip and so people kind of expect her to be a gossip and she is a gossip yeah you know like those are all true facts yeah um, so it's definitely interesting in the way that all plays out, especially the way that some of the characters play out worse than others, mm-hmm. if that makes sense.
0: I mean, kind of. Like, I will say, um, like, we've been talking about a lot back and forth, the relationship between, again, the main character, Mirabelle, and her sister, Isabella, because she's introduced immediately to the viewer as like a golden child. Oh, she's perfect. She gets yeah. everything. She's perfect. She's this. And you could tell that like Mirabelle's a little jealous of her because of again of the seemingly perfect appearance of her. And on like wow. in more nuanced ways, you can kind of tell that like Isabella is jealous of Mirabelle because she doesn't. To be perfect.
1: Well, it, it's 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 definitely a Gras's greener situation because Mirabelle is jealous of Isabel, uh, uh, Isabella. Isabella. Yeah. Because she actually gets praised for things that like she's acknowledged. She's not just kind of like the perfect child. She's also kind of low key the centerpiece of the family right now. Because in the movie, like everyone knows she's about to get proposed to. Yeah. There's some other stuff happening, so she feels almost like secondary in the family. Meanwhile, Isabel is, like, perfect, praiseworthy, everything she does goes right, and she feels like when it comes to the family, everything she does is wrong. Everything she does is a mess up. Everything brings her criticism.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's pretty fair.
1: While, meanwhile, Isabel clearly feels, like, stifled in her role and wants people to do things that she wants to do. But because she has all this pressure on her and because she feels the need to be so perfect, she can't do the things she wants to do. Yeah, she feels trapped. She feels trapped by people's expectations. So it's one of those things where, like, she's jealous of Mirabelle because Mirabelle doesn't live up to the expectations.
0: And she's still, quote unquote, part of the family, not excluded, not pushed away.
1: And, well, I mean, she kind of, she is low key. Like, she, is, she isn't straight up rejected by the family, but she doesn't get her own room. Yeah. She, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, there's other ways in which she's rejected. It. In the same way that, like, Isabella, there's ways that her position as being the perfect child burdens her that Mirabelle doesn't see.
0: Right. Well, right. that's the same thing also with Louisa. And Louisa kind of explains it very more explicitly. Yeah. That, like she is overwhelmed by the burden of her gift because if she feels like she can't deliver every on everyone's expectations that she's essentially without value and that breaks my heart yeah you know because it's like
1: yeah going back to like i guess like roles of or or the titles for like these different traumatized positions within the family um louisa is definitely the most like adultified like, she should be a kid, and she should be able to run around, but she's the one that has to do all the chores. She's the one in real life that have to watch her baby sisters.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 for you sure. Know, like,
1: and straight up says that, like, I'm the oldest, so my expectation, like, people expect me to be more adult- and like she can't take it, like she she feels like she's missing out on her childhood. She just wants to relax, and well, she wants to play around.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's not even that she always necessarily wants to play, but for sure, she just wants to relax. She feels she almost feels guilty about wanting to relax. That it's going to screw her over with her with her family, and in terms of being able to provide continuous strength and protection and things like that.
1: Yeah, and it's very and it's very internalized for her. She even comes back in the movie at some point. She's like she has a little bit of a big through with Mirabelle and then immediately reverts back to the exact same behavior.
0: Oh yeah, when something slightly goes wrong, it's just like, I was talking to her and then this happened and then this and then, and then, and then, and then
1: whatever. And, and, and it's not that um, she wants to blame Mirabelle, but the family ends up turning and blaming Mirabelle in the, in the end anyway.
0: Bro, well let's talk about Bruno because that's exactly what they did to him and why he, Like, essentially they say they don't talk about Bruno because they explain in the movie that he had a mysterious vision one day and he disappeared and the family and everyone just stopped talking about him. And when they explain his story more thoroughly, and I say this with very loose quotations, they make it implied that, oh, he would only give you bad visions of the future and when if you told your future bad things would happen you like your you. fate is like,
1: sealed you're going to meet your demise it is a, like a black wing owl yeah makes him see t-
0: tries to paint him out like he is the villain okay and he's not even close like the thing that took me out the very first time when we when I heard the song the, the we don't talk about Bruno mm-hmm. when the girl goes up and she's like he told me my fish would die the next day that I was Tackling yeah. Inside because I'm like, bitch, it's an eight set goldfish. I don't know what you expected.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's like, kind of, that's kind of the thing is that he's definitely like, you know, it's a definitely uh, a don't shoot the messenger type of situation. And oh, they, yeah. they just shoot the messenger. They just do it.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, you know,
1: they, he tells them what they, they don't want to hear and they take it out on him And like, it also really sucks because much like everybody else in the family, it feels, he feels like he's living up to his expectations. But he doesn't like, like the family, the family doesn't let him. Like, the family always chastises him, you know. And it kind of goes back into the whole, although that said, Bruno is older,
0: yeah. He's one of the one of the, I don't want to say the middle children, but like he's one of the middle first, generations, yeah, the middle generation. So, like, a child directly from Abuela. Um, but he felt like his gifts weren't helping the family just because people were upset at hearing these truths about their future or whatnot. Um, so he kind of... And then he had a vision about um, the house cracking, which ends up actually happening, and Mirabelle is kind of like makes or breaks the situation. Um, and he knew that, like... Because he knew that it wasn't a sure thing, he automatically... He, like, he knew that... Oh well the family's are going to obviously assume the worst. Yeah. And so he just kind of like gave up, left, peace yeah. out. and like, was just like he I'm gets not dealing his, with this. He gets
1: his prediction and the prediction is like has more room for optimism than you might initially think, but like the family will never look at it that way. Right. Uh and so he find, he thinks the best thing for him to do is just leave and start and stop causing people heart, heartache. And very sweet in the movie like he, he ends up like I guess spoilers You learn that he still lives in the house. He's just like living in the walls and he kind of like finds a spot in the house to, like, be his new room and it's very sad. Yeah, it's just, like, the saddest bachelor pad ever. Even as he's apparently quote-unquote abandoned the family, he's still patching things up in the background. Like, he's still patching up things from the inside of the house so the house is falling apart. Right. Uh, And it's cute, you know. The the thing I like about that movie is that it does a little... Many, many smart little references. Like, the fact that Bruno is kind of the black sheep and it's a passing line that he, like want it's kind of like a one-off joke or whatever that he never really wanted to be an oracle he wanted to be an actor yeah and just the idea of like especially as someone who like didn't want to be a scientist like my sister or an engineer like my dad and wanted to go into art mm-hmm. like i definitely know that feeling of like you have all these expectations on you and you just don't even want them like you're just like i'm out right. i understand that i'm supposed to have this quote unquote gift but like that's not even what i want to do
0: right 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 for sure for sure and um And I just think, like, the way that they address these relationships, mind you, like, it is a kid's movie, and I feel like we're doing a full-on thesis dissection. (laughs) But, like, the way that they put them in are just so very nuanced that, like, unless you've actually... I don't want to say lived that experience, but it's definitely a very lived experience that, like, when you see certain things and certain nuances, you get, like, low-key triggered.
1: Yeah, like, we've definitely been joking. Like, let's... Let's start a quiz where you just answer questions about like who you relate to most from Encanto and it identifies your childhood trauma.
0: Right. <laughs> like... Right pretty much. <laughs> but the thing is I want to say the root of all of their issues seems to be like anxiety and it's um And it's, like, the anxiety of knowing, like, oh, okay, you have this gift. All right, let's figure out how you're going to help the community. Let's go. It's going to have to deliver. And it just automatically just starts putting a pressure on them the moment they have this gift, rather than understanding their gift, liking their gift, learning how the, like, like for example, with um, Isabella, when she's introduced as a character, all she makes is roses roses and pink flowers all the time. She didn't realize until she got into an argument with Mirabelle that she can make other plants. Yeah. You know and so she had a fun time like trying to make different pollen and plants and vines and trees and bushes and stuff and it's a very cute song because it's done during a musical moment that's very a la let it go
1: but then but then the family comes back and what do they see she's gone off the rails she's right going, like she's going wild like why is she acting out like this like why is she all of a sudden not making flowers like she normally does? yeah
0: they they equate her her exploration and expression as you're being less than perfect like you said off the rails problematic and it's just kind of sad because it's like girl you are you were betrothed to be married to some man and have five kids and you didn't know that you could make a fucking cactus until yesterday like
1: like you didn't you you knew so little of yourself yes but that's the that i was gonna say that's the insidious thing that happens with a lot of these uh you know you and i listen to a lot of like reddit stories and drama that's happening irl that's related to us and there's always a catch-22 when it's like, you're given this gift, you're given this family, and that's that it can get taken away. Right. Like, that's always, always the underlying implication. It can be really insidious, you know what I mean? Like, you feel like you have this space in a community, uh-huh. but that means that that space can always be taken away from you.
0: Right.
1: You know? And there's a lot of times where people will give you gifts to actually just keep you on a leash.
0: Right right just to throw it back in your face oh i hate that that's the one thing i strongly dislike is like when somebody tries to give you something or oh i'm gonna do you a favor just to then throw it back in your face afterwards Be like well i did this for you i gave you this or what? I... <clears throat> sorry it's making me cough i would have rather you not do it
1: yeah There are a lot of of situations online where somebody's like, oh, I need money, and this person's problematic, but they'll give me... And they were just like, no, X out, no, don't attract problematic people. They'll just come back and guilt you over it. They're just going to use this to keep you on the hook. It's not good. Yeah, to hold it over you. Um, But I feel like this might be a decent decent time to transition. No, no,
0: no, no. no. Because the one thing I want to address is... um, which I think is an important factor in this whole talking about, like, generational trauma and stuff with the story. I feel like the, the whole, like, see, identifying that, like, everyone was very anxious and wanted to contribute and felt like they weren't part of the family or weren't a decent quote unquote person unless they were contributing their gifts. What I think is important and I liked that the, at, towards the end was, like, um, Mirabelle finally got to actually know and see and learn about um, Abuela's trauma and why she was so fucking uptight and on their ass and made them feel like they weren't good enough was because like she had lost everything and she was afraid that like if they weren't living up to these unrealistic or unattainable um, expectations that they were undeserving of their gifts and that their gifts would get taken away. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like it's important because, like, apparently we didn't see this because we saw this movie via Disney Plus. There was a pre-show, like a mini pre-show of um a family of raccoons. Like it was a mother raccoon or a parent raccoon and a child raccoon, and the child would be like carefree and go around and play, and the parent would be super strict: like, don't do that, don't jump there, don't do this. And one day the child raccoon ran off, didn't listen, ran off, ran into a coyote and the coyote attacked it. And the parent was able to save the child and get up a tree and get away. But he was very upset. And then that child raccoon grew up and had another child and now has become a parent and was kind of acting in a similar way as the first parent being very restrictive: Don't go there. Don't do this. Don't do that. But then realized like, seeing the shadow of their parent. They were like, I don't want to be like that. So they sat up on a tree and showed the little raccoon, like, you see that coyote over there? That coyote did this to me because I wasn't careful. And I need you to be careful because I don't want this to happen to you. And, like, the baby looked at the scar and everything and kind of understood and realized, like, how important it is to break those generational curses. And I was just like, damn! I didn't know, like... Those short films could be so deep. Like, they, it was... But it was, like, supposed to be, like, a great... Um... Holes notes of, like, Encanto. Like, they carried right. the same theme. So I understand why they paired them together. I wish they paired them together in Disney Plus, too. That show was good.
1: But yeah, that's giving you too much bang for your buck. I you guess.
0: <laughs> but with that being said, I just think it's important for parents. Because a lot of parents... Like, I know my mom... um. I don't know about your mom, but my mom doesn't talk about shit that happens to her too much anyways in her past. So it's like there's certain parts of them growing up that's like a mystery. And it's like, well, maybe if you talked about it more and talked about your mistakes more, we can learn from you rather than just being told, don't do this, don't do that.
1: Yeah, I'll say for me specifically, like both of my parents immigrated here to Canada from Soviet occupied Poland. Right. So like they don't talk to me about a lot about their history. But some of what I've heard about their history is like pretty traumatizing and pretty fucked up. And like I try to be sympathetic to that when I have to deal with them. Right. But also they're old enough that they probably should've recognized that this that this childhood situation was pretty fucked up and like talk to somebody about it yeah
0: but not many people do not many people i
1: did though so i'm gonna hold them to my standard
0: different you built different not everybody recognizes or sees therapy as a helpful tool or is like i'm going through stuff i need therapy like some people don't believe in therapy a lot of like the um a lot of black and caribbean families don't trust therapy because of the whole idea of if you share certain vulnerabilities, if you're vulnerable emotionally, financially, things like that, people take advantage of it and throw it in your face.
1: I mean, it's not just that, it's also physically. Because I'll say for me personally, like a lot of what helped me kind of destigmatize a lot of that is like, you wouldn't be like, I'm weak to go see a doctor right if you broke your arm right you know like you recognize you have these certain sicknesses about you're just like oh i'm not gonna do that that'll make me weak but yeah it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty uh it's pretty dumb when you break it down that way
0: yeah but you have to also realize especially just like for some black people it's a very real reality of social services using and abusing their their power to like dismantle black families That was like a very real thing. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's not a thing. Let me finish. Let me finish. finish. But I'm just saying, and that contributes to sometimes generational impact and trauma to be like, I don't believe in that shit because of what has happened to this person, that person, that family member, whoever.
1: Right. But I wasn't even talking about specifically the black community. I mean, I've got white friends that still to this day complain about like back pain and have never seen a doctor or gotten medication for.
0: Yeah, I understand. So this whole,
1: I'm just saying, this whole thing about YNTBB, like, not only does it show up in the black community, it yeah. shows up in everybody, and not only does it show up with mental illness, it shows up with physical illness, too, which is, like, way harder to just put in a corner. Like, I definitely think some of the problem is that, like, a lot of people look at these kind of mental hiccups and mental traumas and mental scars and just not not view them as super serious just something you have to put up with in your life it's not viewed as something you should go see a medical professional about as opposed to like if you broke your leg everyone's like yeah go see a doctor like it's not it's not a thing you like that that dot doesn't need to get connected a lot of times this dot even needs to get connected that you you have an illness in the first place
0: yeah no i agree i'm just saying like there's there's various reasons for that You know, and I agree a lot of mental, a lot of mental health um, treatments and stuff and services need to be destigmatized in general so that it can be more readily and easily accepted and used. Um, But it's just, it's going to take time. It's done a lot better than it has in the past, but like, I don't know, it's going to take time.
1: I mean, it, at least I'll say in our home country, of Canada, Trudeau, get on it. Start including mental health stuff more in OHIP. One of the things going to destigmatize it is if it's legitimized by the government, it just will. So, like, let's not keep it to... Let's not keep it only to private insurance
0: to cover you for
1: mental health issues. Let's actually treat it seriously. Yeah.
0: But speaking of people that need therapy, fresh and fit, or as I like to call them... Frowsy and Frumpy, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, they recently got handed one of their freshest L's.
1: Yeah, big L.
0: Um, By the lovely, uh, vivacious, and still, in my opinion, slightly predatory, uh, Brittany Renner. Very
1: problematic.
0: Um, Yeah, she is a little problematic. I'm not going to pretend that she's not. And like this one moment doesn't absolve her from some questionable decisions. Uh, Questionable multi-year plots. I mean,
2: put it this way.
0: (laughs) We don't know what's behind the veil. We don't know what the truth is. We just know what's been presented and what has been presented surrounding her has been less than ideal for me or for we personally. For other people, they may not care at all, but- Um, with that being said, though, this is the clip that's been going around surrounding um, Britney confronting the host of the Fresh and Fit podcast.
2: Tell me about girls like me. Humor yeah. me. in general. Like, I mean... Well, no, uh, but no, don't woman in general, because you literally specifically said before we got on here that you, yeah, you did say that you warn guys about girls like me. So now that we're face to face... God. What kind of girl am I? You're not special. You're like other girls. That's I'm cute. not special. <laughs> so, so, you're like other women that are So like, what makes you special then? I never said I was. What do you gain from telling girls that they're not special? How does that make you feel? I mean, I know everything, no, everything is a joke, but I'm asking you a real question. So how does it make you feel? Because if I say you're a big ass nigga, that does something for me, right? If I insult you or if I tell you you're not special, you're forgettable... What does that do for me? No, but that doesn't. But that's what I'm saying. No, but I'm. But I'm saying, what if I call you? If I just say that again, you're forgettable. That's why I didn't want to do guys' podcast. Forgettable. Hate the setup. Uh, the name is underwhelming. I didn't really see the value in it. Right. That's how I feel. Right. Wait. So.
0: So that part. Okay. So uh, Steph- I
1: love. I love the low-key self-report of like, you don't like me. Well, why? well you don't like me? Oh, because you're one of those girls. Okay, what do you mean by that? I mean you're a girl. I mean you're a woman. <laughs> like that's basically that's what they say. in this it's a self-report. It's like why why don't you like me? Because you're like other women. Okay, so you just don't like women then? Okay, cool. Oh, Appreciate. Don't say that. Don't say that. I mean they said it. I, I know. didn't have to say it. They
0: said it. Self-report. Oh no. I know. I know. But I just I feel like this is okay. This is the problem with. And I feel like a small speck of the internet, especially people that like to go on, like, bot accounts, anonymous accounts, faceless accounts, People who need better
1: hobbies, yeah.
0: Right? Who go, who create these fake accounts to
1: troll,
0: you know, (laughs) like, to troll people, (laughs) to to harass people online, to... to to put
1: money in the hands of the Twitter CEOs and Mark Zuckerberg and Bezos. Let's be real.
0: I don't know. But anyways,
1: um... I mean, I'm just saying their engagement gives them dollars.
0: Yes, but, um, but in the difference with that though, like they obviously put their face and quote unquote their name attached to their criticisms, but this is the problem with men who has, has TikTok likes to call it men with mics, okay? Um, people who sit at a microphone and just talk shit and have no character or chest behind what they're saying. If, I personally have an opinion about something I may not like it I I may at some point change my mind but I'm willing to be accountable for said changes or for said opinion like my opinion of Brittany Renner in terms of what she had done with her ex-fiance ex-husband baby daddy whoever he is I like it it's a little sussy to me it gives me the icks. I don't find it that appropriate but that doesn't discredit or disclaim what she had to say. Everything she had to say was a hundred. like you know,
1: yeah, you know what? honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like it's uh here here's the thing about a lot of times with like men with mics is like they want to be perceived as intelligent, right And they think that the mark of intelligence is how many of their friends agree with them. A lot of the time these these men end up in echo chambers where it's like. What do you What do you mean? Of course, you have to watch out for those kind of girls. And then when you're actually pushed back and asked to explain your logic and show, well, what do you What do you think? They actually don't have an answer. They kind of just They kind of just said it to their friends, and their friends have done a lot and go, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. And they like never have really really thought like, is it right?
0: Well, here's okay. Now here's the thing, though. I can give, I can provide the answer to. What they may have been possibly implying, but obviously, they obviously don't mean it for nice reasons. They say yeah. it for meaner reasons. But what they could have essentially broken down was women, what does women like you or women like Brittany Renner mean? It's women who will target men for solely their monetary value and does not contribute to the relationship emotionally.
1: Oh, I'll. I'll you go, know? I'll, I'll, I have a slightly different take, but I'll I'm, say I'm
0: just saying somebody who's not interested in a genuine relationship and is and is just looking at what that person can offer to them, you know, socially oh, or financially.
1: For me, not just a woman, but a person who's emotionally capable of looking at their own child as a meal ticket, Whew. as a way of getting a paycheck, that's the kind of person that I would advise you to watch out for. Those kinds of people are snakes, in my opinion. But the difference between a man with a mic, me, and a man with a mic, fresh and fit people. Right. Is, I would say that to her face. I would well, tell you, I honestly think you groomed this football guy and then had a child just for a paycheck. And yes, I do think that's bad and I judge it.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. And and the thing is, if you're unafraid to feel that way, you should be unafraid to say it. But here's the problem. They don't know what they're saying. No. They're just saying, oh, a girl like her because she did this and she, what, what is it? Break it down. Well, here's What's the h- problem here's with the that.
1: Other, here's the other self-report, Right. They think women are just like that. Right. Like, that's the reason why they're like... They're not saying, hey, you're greedy. I don't like these things. They just expect that behavior from women. And then when women do it, it's like, why don't you like it? Because women in general. Right. 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 Like, they they have a very negative opinion about what women are out here for. And how they're living their lives. And... (laughs) Uh, you know, they, they don't feel the need to explain it. They don't feel the need to get into it.
0: But here's the thing that I also think is just so very hypocritical about the show. It's like, if you want, you, you can't be talking about getting bitches and then be shocked Pikachu face when you get low quality bitches. Because quality isn't necessarily face value of what they look like, if they're fit, if they have a big ass BBL, big boobs, whatever. It's the character of the person, right? Like it's very, it's very hard, very difficult to find a person of and no dragging to nobody. So don't take this personal. But it's hard to find somebody of quality in the club in the club they're out looking for a good time they just want a couple free drinks or a drink or two dance and have a good time and call it a day maybe find somebody cute to smash they're not looking for oh i'm looking for you know a life a quality lifetime partner to build a life with and to you know get money with like that's that's not where you're gonna find that
1: well I'll, i'll even say that the real irony here is that like Britney Renner and Fresh, the Fresh and Fit, is the same person? If they if they had their genders swapped, they would 100 be doing the same stuff she's doing, because they're out here trying to court drama, yeah. trying to court uh men who aren't as lucky with women and uh using their money and using their status to go out there and act like they know how to talk with women and they can teach you to right. and they'll do it and they'll teach you for 900 dollars they don't care they're willing to just use and abuse people doesn't matter if they're innocent doesn't matter if they're guilty right. in order to put money in their own pockets and that's exactly what I don't like about Renner either and here's
0: here's my thing here's my thing and I, like I hate I don't okay I don't like to... Drag people's physical appearances because, like, you know, everybody's meant to be different, and we shouldn't have to stick to a societal standard.
1: Human beings are uniquely beautiful.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But I'd be damned if I'm going to pay somebody $900 with an ashy, receding hairline to tell me how to make it in life.
1: And bro, bro, also zero fashion sense. I'm sorry. These guys are the most... I'm not saying they look bad, but it's literally the most basic, safe streetwear I've ever seen. Like, no flair, no personality in the way they dress, no personality in the way they keep themselves. Like,
0: I would much rather sit down with a genuine business person on trip. I would rather sit down with, like, a Mark Cuban, um, uh, whatchamacallit, sit down with Jay-Z. I would much rather sit down with, um... What's his name? The guy, the, the virgin guy. Forget his guy. I forget his name.
1: The virgin guy?
0: Yeah, who owned like virgin mobile store. Oh, Vir-
1: Branson.
0: Yes, Richard Branson. I was sitting with Richard Branson. I
1: thought you meant somebody who has gotten some.
0: No, no. <laughs> I was talking about the virgin entrepreneur. Remember when he used to have virgin air? Let's man out a whole fucking airline.
1: I mean, people people Whew. I know that Bezos won, but like the guy who originally wanted to go to space and had a lot of money was him.
0: Yeah, I know. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I would much rather sit with them because I feel like outside of them just being very wealthy and, and and successful in business, they seem to have a decent character about themselves. And I feel like that character is what helped them.
1: We can have different lists of who you want to sit down. I definitely agree with Jay-Z. Jay-Z's an artist with something to say and I definitely believe that.
0: Okay. Um, the other
1: two guys, I don't know about pers- they, they fit more in the category of people I feel that I'm not a huge fan of that kind of will do whatever it takes to line their own pockets.
0: Maybe, maybe. So, That's how but... I feel
1: about those other two about Cubit uh, and Branson. That's fine. But Jay Z doesn't I would, strike me as that, and I'd, I'd love I to would, sit down with
0: them. I would still sit down with them and find out for sure before sitting down with a fucking fresh and fit, and 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 quote unquote learning their secrets because I feel like if your secrets were really doing something. You wouldn't be having a YouTube channel where you're publishing yourself throwing out women every other week and Bro, dragging
2: You them. wouldn't.
1: You wouldn't be. Ha- you wouldn't have a podcast where you think it's a good move for your own pockets to invite someone that you openly have said you don't like and don't want around you onto your podcast. A little crazy to
0: me. Well, that wasn't their show. That, was that wasn't a... their show. Those no, someone else's show. I thought was that was their podcast. No, they're on somebody else's show. She, re- she. That's why she said, "Like, I've never gone on your show because I don't like you guys."
1: Oh, see, I'm learning things.
0: Well, I'm just saying that, like, that whole thing in itself was like a whole mess. I'm glad she got to confront them because a lot of these men that talk very loud, as my mom used to love to say, love the saying, um empty barrel makes the most noise hmm. okay the mo- people with the least amount of substance always has the mouth mal- most to say likes to be very loud and very wrong so i'm glad you got to confront them and i hope it makes them self-reflect and be like shit i need to have more chutzpah behind more more reasoning behind oh, why no, 100%, i say the shit that i say
1: 100 that'll never happen
0: it'll probably not but a girl can dream a girl can dream <laughs> right Um, But with that being said, we're going to wrap things up. Um, Hopefully, and we actually encourage everybody, whatever trauma and drama they've been through, um, to, you know, never be afraid to address your mental health. Uh, Never, you know, be afraid to, you know, hit up a friend just to listen, just to talk as you travel along that journey. Sometimes a therapist isn't always accessible to you.
1: Yeah. Um, remember, remember that we love you and we think you're worthy
0: always Always. <laughs> and um, I also want to thank the baddie house for sponsoring this episode with the code TBGP you can get 10% off anything on the website that includes clothing, jewelry purses, wigs, perfume everything Um, they have free express shipping for orders, $100 plus, um, and you can find them at www.thebaddyhouse.ca. Um, I am your girl, Lola, aka Ola.miss.lola, and I'm joined by the Mr he ain't gonna drop his socials because he don't want you to find him No, nah, i you might can, do it
1: anyway you can you can find me i'm not <laughs> crass on instagram just you know don't expect a lot out of me i post art like once every six months once every blue moon i make a post well
0: anyhow um thank you for tuning in to another week with us i look forward to hearing from you guys if you have questions concerns you want some, you know, hit some smoke, you don't, you love fresh and fit and you just a little butthurt with what we had to say, just drop it in the DMs. You can find us on Instagram. Yeah,
1: maybe we'll even have you on.
0: You know, at This Black Girl Podcast. And just let us know what you think. We're always open to a conversation. And with that being said, have a wonderful week. Take care. And we'll see you next time. Bye.
2: Bye.